0: You know, I, I can just imagine those, those drummers out there, whether it be new or old, running some of those, those runs. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for joining us this evening. It is October 6, 2020. And you're listening to Sunday Morning Live on a Tuesday from Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And this is Pastor Carl Henderson we're inside the pages we're inside the pages and there's no better place to be than the word of God the Bible said heaven and earth will pass away but his word his word ain't going nowhere man of fact he said his word is elevated even above his name and we know that at the name of Jesus according to Isaiah I believe it's Isaiah 45 you know that at the name at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord He's Lord. He's Lord. And so we thank God uh, for his goodness. We thank God for this day uh, that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. And I agree with uh, the Kingdom University Thai Tribune. I still have joy. I still have joy. After all that I've been through, I still have joy. I'm going to hold on to my joy. And you need to hold on to your joy because the Bible said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Our Sunday morning worship begins at eight a.m. Eight a.m. Tuesday Bible study at seven p.m. and Acts of the Holy Ghost at nine p.m. on Thursdays, Thursday nights, talking about the Holy Ghost, what God is, what God has done in using men, using men in that day, and God is using men today. He's using me, and so Acts of the Holy Ghost is not my goodness, is not my own ability or power. but it is the grace of God that I am what I am. It's the grace of God. If someone uh, gives you a word that encourages your heart, that sends you in the right direction, that that draws you closer to him, that's the power of God, Uh, not the individual. God put it on their heart. God did something with them in order for them to have it. And so we talk about Acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursday, Thursdays at 9 p.m., We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I am faithful. I believe the word. I'm faithful to it. I'm bold, not scared to take a stand for the Lord because that is his church. He said, up on this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I'm faithful. I'm bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition. Is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name, and we're nearing the end of uh, of a decade, uh, and certainly fasting and praying. and fasting and praying throughout this year, and I, I hope you're fasting and praying as well. And, and we're not praying about things. Don't pray. Don't pray and ask God for things. God knows your need, and He's not against things. But you know, there are souls. Your soul. Your soul need to be saved, and so the Bible tells us that without holiness, no man uh, will see the Lord. You know, I was uh, driving in, I was talking to uh, to a young man, and I was telling him, uh, you know, that that it doesn't matter how many people you meet, and they tell you that the handwriting's on the wall. They tell you, you know, they. Uh, they also must tell you that uh, God, God said, it's, it's written in his word that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So you must be holy. You cannot make excuses. You can't be saying, well, God's not done with me yet. <clears throat> God's done with you when He you call your name. And whatever state you found in, that's the state you're going to. And so therefore, as of this moment, you want to sanctify yourself. Sanctification means to set yourself Heart. and you want to be holy unto the Lord you know um, holy it's going to be a holy matrimony. <clears throat> it's going to be a holy matrimony we're waiting for the groom to arrive but until then we're occupied until he come by remaining holy. you know a dance is not going to do it uh, some people jump up with a dance and it's the music start or they have a thought in their mind you know it becomes a, a, a reaction. Some have wonderful works. Some prophesy and people have cast out devils, commit have exorcists. Uh, but listen, holiness is a lifestyle. And the Lord said, only those that do my will, only those that are doing his will are going to be able to stand in his presence. And I want to be able to stand in God's presence today. I want to be able to stand in his presence tomorrow. And I'm sure you do, too. And, and so, want to encourage your heart to, you know, set aside time, consecrating to the Lord. Get your children saved. And you know, uh, too many of us have our children just allowing them to do whatever they want to do. Now, I don't want to make them go to church. Well, God's going to hold you accountable for that too, because <clears throat> He said, train them up. If they're not old enough to make their own decisions, they don't know what's best for them. And so, we have to take God at His word. I, I want you to understand this. Take god at his word don't excuse god's word for your own agenda the bible tells us and we're going into the book of ezekiel the 29th chapter i'm excited about the lord uh, and certainly you know um, pouring myself out for him and and so we have been traveling through the book of ezekiel it's a laborious book here. i mean you have to really labor with it and the labor is not done I feel like I need to just go back and start over again because there's something that I'm sure that I didn't see the first time. And even after reading again, I'm sure there'll be something I still didn't get. But the word of God is inexhaustible. <clears throat> it's inexhaustible. And so the Bible tells us in the 29th chapter, if you have your devices or your Bibles or you know, following along, thank God for those of you that are are you're ending your day. Some are starting their day. Some are in the middle of their day. God bless you. Uh, the 29th chapter of Ezekiel, in the in the 10th year, in the 10th month, hmm, we're in the 10th year, the 10th month, but we're on the sixth day. On the 12th day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him. And against all Egypt, speak and say, thus said the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, uh, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of the river, what river, the Nile River, which said my river, the Nile River is my own, it belongs to me, and I made it, I made it what it is for myself. But I will put hooks in in thy jaw, And will cause the fish of the river to stick unto thy scales. And I will uh, bring thee up out of the midst of the river. And all the fish of the river shall stick unto thy scales. And I will deliver thee. I'm going to leave thee thrown in the wilderness. Thee and all the fishes of the river. Thou shall fall upon the open field. Thou shall not be brought together nor gathered. I have given thee for meat to the beast of the field and to the fowl of the heaven, and all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord because thou because they have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel, and so the Lord is dealing with them, and there's a few more verses there, but uh, you know God has is dealing now there's been a ship, God was first dealing with his people, and I want you to understand that. That as God deals with with uh with uh the world, he always he deals with his people. And as he deals with his people, uh now there is as he has dealt with his people, Israel, there is a shift. And that shift has turned from him dealing with Israel and their chastisement to those that chastise them. And so the the Amorites, the the Edomites, the Moabites, the uh, uh, Zidon and uh, uh, Egypt and different uh, countries that were fighting that came against Israel when they saw Israel down. They saw Israel taken into captivity and they they, they was like, wow, this is our opportunity. And they, they tried to seize the moment. And it, it was because of Israel, Israel's own... Uh, greed, their own uh, uh, gratification, you know, I, I got to satisfy myself, you know, uh, I, I want to be like other people, and I want to have the things that other people have, I want to do what other people are doing. And so I'm going to act like them. And, and, you know, it's interesting, because, uh, yeah, I have conversations with people, and we talk about the Word of God, different things come to mind. Uh, you know, there's no better <laughs> a conversation that will keep you out of trouble, is if, you, if, you, if you're using it right, is the Word of God. And so I was recalling uh, about how one of, uh, doctor, uh, uh, one of the doctors that was teaching a seminar said, listen, said, you grown. Why are you sneaking to do anything? You grown. You're an adult, but you're sneaking to, to do things that you know is against the will of God. And, you know, Israel was doing the same thing. They were sneaking. They, they would hide, they stayed indoors, hid behind walls, hid in houses and different things. They were sneaking to do things. They were sneaking to have relationships they shouldn't have. They were sneaking to worship idols that they should not have been worshiping. Uh, they were seeking other gods, uh, lowercase g-o-d. Uh, they were doing things that they knew was against sovereign God, you know, just as many are today. Uh, they're doing things that are against the will of God and saying, well, God, don't see me. Well, I'm here tonight to tell you God does see you. Uh, God's eyes go to and fro in the earth and he sees what's going on with all of us. It don't matter. It don't matter if you woke, if you don't matter, if you sleep, you know, the Bible even talk about filthy dreamers. You know, you, you watch the wrong show and now you having sexual dreams and enjoying it, you know, instead of washing your mind, the word of God washes us. And so Israel was caught up into a lot of areas that they should not have been caught up in. They were not working out their soul salvation. We the Bible tell us to work out our soul salvation. Thank you, Holy Ghost, with fear and trembling. And so uh, the Bible, and so Ezekiel is dealing with the children of Israel, but now there's been a shift. You know, people like hearing about the shift. You know, uh, the shift means that there's going to be a tremendous amount of blessings. But before you get the blessing, you need to be prepared to walk in what uh, to walk into the blessing the way God wants you to. Now, I, I was I, I thank God because you know uh, there are some things that should not be that should be normal for the saints. There's just some things that should be normal for the people of God. I'm kind of ahead of myself here. But there are some things that should be normal in the lives of those that are sanctified, those that are set aside uh, unto the Lord. And and so, uh, listen, I'm I'm gonna move on and we'll come back to that uh, later. But uh, the, the dragon, a dragon is referred to as a serpent. Now, Revelation 20 and one through three, it says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain, in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And that thousand years is the millennial reign of Christ. And after that, he must be loosed a season. Now, when I read this, it was an eye-opener because it said, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit. Now, key represents authority, represents power. Having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He had the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain, and guess what he did? He laid hold. He grabbed that old dragon, that old serpent, the devil, People think the devil is so powerful. He's powerful. He's powerful compared to us. But here it is, an angel mightier than Lucifer comes and binds him and puts him into the bottomless pit and shuts him up. By himself. Because that was the order that was given him to follow. And he did it. That he should not, that Satan could not deceive the nations, but was bound for a thousand years while the millennial reign of Christ, while uh, uh, those that, were, that missed out on being caught up. Uh, another word that we use for caught up is rapture, uh, but, the, but the scripture talks about being caught up, those that were caught up. And so we're with the Lord uh, during this time. And so uh, the, the dragon, the dragon is referred to as a serpent. And so this great dragon represents some, uh, the same uh, serpent mentioned in Genesis. Genesis uh, three, one through five, it said, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said ye shall not uh, eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, uh, God has said ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman. Now, remember, in Revelation, he's bowed it was so that he does not deceive the nations. But here we see the woman is being deceived by a serpent and said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God, ha- God, know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, the serpent was more subtle, meaning it was. Clever. It was very clever. It was cleverly using or use indirect methods because they only use part of the truth. Now, part of the truth and not the whole truth is not is, is deceitful. Use indirect methods to achieve something. The serpent was crafty. It was cunning. It was slicker than a can of oil. Since there was no restrictive permission, the serpent made mental notes about what God had instructed Adam, he knew the conversation and uh, regarding the the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden. He knew what Adam told Eve. He talked with Eve. The serpent talked with Eve, the serpent. Yes, animal talked and he manipulated the message to forward his attack against God by deceiving Eve. And Adam was influenced. Adam was influenced. Now, the scripture tells us the woman was deceived, but Adam was influenced. Adam didn't let go of the flesh. huh. Uh, there was an opportunity for him to save himself, and he did not. Oh, that's love. Listen, you better be careful what you label as being love. God understood and knew what Adam would do from the very beginning. So uh, clothes was made for them. And uh, listen, what Adam did don't mean it's going to work for you. What Mary, uh, look, there was only one Mary that was impregnated by the spirit of God. So don't come stepping up. Listen, people will manipulate the message to get what they want. Families have been destroyed because someone manipulated the mindset of the male or the female. Relationships have been damaged. Money has been taken. Virginity. In numerous areas have been lost because of manipulation. Now, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, like the serpent, was clever and used indirect methods to achieve superiority in the world. Egypt is considered a type of the world. Now, Exodus 13 and 14. So it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, what is this? That ye shall say to him why are you going to church why are you worshiping the lord and some of them can ask that question some can't because they don't see uh, you do it and listen you can testify and tell them by the strength of the hand of the lord he brought us out of egypt and out of the house of bondage the world is considered a place of bondage and god brought us out we're supposed to be able to testify that to our children uh, too many of our children, and I'm very concerned about this, it bothers me that too many of our children don't have faith in God because they, uh, they see their parents have gone to church, but then when their parents are at home, they're, they're self-sedating. When their parents are at home, they're, uh, they, they, they're sad. They, there's no hope. Uh, the parents are at home, they crying, they're drinking and doing all kind of stuff that says I'm in a state of depression. Uh, That says I'm in a state of anxiety. I'm tripping. I'm losing. I'm spiraling out of control. And those children see that the children, which some of them now are young adults. Some are adults and have not set foot into a service again because of the misrepresentation, because of what was done instead of the testimony that God said to give. Now, when we follow the word of God, when we follow, if you ever if you ever find yourself in a state of being where you are, you are, you are having a, a battle, it's all right to say, "Lord, help my unbelief," because that does not mean you're giving up on God. It's confessing that I'm struggling, but I'm not giving up on God. I'm not giving up on Him because uh, there are times that all of us reach a, uh, get to a point and we just don't understand, we don't see it, we cannot comprehend it. We're looking through, it's it's dark. We can't see through the glass. Even though we're in a room that's lit, we can't see out of the room because it's dark outside. And so we, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help me in the area I'm struggling. I'm not gonna stop praising you. I'm not gonna stop lifting you up. I'm not gonna stop singing the songs of Zion. I'm not gonna stop reading your word. But right now I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Oh, and I thank God. (laughs) Excuse me. My God, it's something about the struggle that when you get into the struggle and you're dealing with that and you do not let go of your hope and your faith in God and you're telling others, I don't get it, but I'm yet holding on to God. You need to understand that there is a blessing at the end of that struggle. You need to understand that there is a source of strength. There is a move of God that gets into the struggle that helps you to hold on, that helps you to overcome, that helps you to see it through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. We're not always on the hilltop. Sometimes, in order to get to the hill, we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so, there's a lot of different appearances. There's a lot of different shadows that appear that make it that if it was to manifest, we think it might be that thing that we are afraid of. But the Lord is with us, God is with us. Listen, they plotted. The king of Egypt achieved power and authority with a following that fought against God's people. You know, he was a big fish, the dragon in the river, <laughs> a big fish in a little pond. He claimed the river was his territory. The river was a mode of, or express uh, express transportation for imports and exports. He controlled the flow and the merchants. Now, God said he would take the dragon from the river and lead him in an open field, along with fish to dry out, to be eaten by the beast of the field and the fowls of the air. Why? Because they plotted against Israel. When people work against God, when people work against the people of God, they are working against God. Now, mind you that long, when I'm talking about those that are walking in obedience unto the Lord. They're working against God. Now, if you're not walking in obedience to God's word, uh, God may be using them to get your attention. You need to stop, you know, as they talk about and taught us growing up, and fire, stop dropping road. You need to stop dropping road, uh, you know, in order to get that off of you and seek God and walk in obedience. You no, know, the Lord, uh, uh, He said, He wants obedience over sacrifices. When you talk about God's people, you're talking about God. When you make fun of sanctification, you're making fun of God. Now, some will say that church is a crutch. They go to church, they lean on that crutch. Hmm. They're not telling you that they have a crutch. Because see, any of us, those of us, thank God that you, you haven't, if you have not. But those that used to get self-sedated, whether it was an leucigen, whether it was a, a drink, whether it was smoked, you know, whatever sex, uh, overeating, whatever it was that was satisfying the flesh, whatever it was, and most of the time it was a, it, it, you went to see the street pharmacist to you know, listen, maybe you in a game or been in a game. you saying, well church is a crutch, Well what do you think the gang is? What do you think the self sedation is? all of that is a crutch you can't do what i can't do it. All my boys i had those that i hung around with we were of the like same mind and guess what we were of the same weakness we were out of control in trouble and desiring a way out just like all of everybody else so when you're in when you are are we were a crutch to one another because we what certainly wasn't running by ourselves and if something was going down we we was throwing down and we knew that we had someone that had our back. If we got to them and they found out about it, we stayed sedated. We always had a conversation for someone to avoid the overwhelming emptiness. We needed a crutch. Now, God is a source of strength. Not a crutch, a source of strength, power. So He the very thing that that we desire to be out of. The very thing that we didn't want to have part of—that was that we have spiraled out of control in—in in our drug use and our gang banging and all of those different things that some of us took part in—that we wanted out of, God was the way out. That's not a crutch. That's deliverance. And because God delivered us, we said, "You know what? I'm not going back in that. I'm staying delivered." So it's a source. God is, a, is strength, not weakness, not a crutch. It's not for, the, for uh, those that are weak. So, brothers, sisters, if you're looking for to show your might and your strength, then you, you want to be in contact with God because he's the one that empowers. Listen, the Bible says when they took hold of thee by hand and did his break, and ran all their shoulders, and when they had leaned upon these outbreakers, and made it all their loins to be at a stand. In other words, they—they they, uh, instead of helping Israel, they worked against them. The Lord said, "I'm going to bring a sword upon. Them. I'm going to cut them off, and I'm going to feed them to man. I'm going to feed them to beast. I'm going to cut them off uh, so that nobody can be part of, e- of Egypt. They think they're great. I'm going to show you what they really are." The land of Egypt shall be desolate and waste, and they shall know that I am the Lord, because he said, the river is mine, and I made it. Now, Pharaoh means great house. It's associated with the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, Egypt. So usually when we say Pharaoh, we our minds automatically go to Egypt because of, you know, the different movies that's been presented, which still I'm scratching my head about, you know, uh, Charleston Heston you know, blue eye and, you know, they try to put makeup on and make them look more like, but listen, we talk about Egypt. When Pharaoh was mentioned, uh, it was like talking about God on earth because he was considered to be so powerful. he was considered to be a, when you talk about Pharaoh, it was considered to be someone that could be a mediator between the gods and his people. Pharaoh worshiped many images those of, of men, women, uh, cat gods and ram, uh, uh, headed images, and so on, and so on, and so on. Egypt got caught up into that stuff. and when they came out of, of, when they came out of Egypt, they brought some of that mess with them, which was against the will of God. So see, early on, they started doing things that they should not have been doing. Let me tell you something. When you come into the church, when you when you give your life unto the Lord, don't bring that mess with you. <laughs> Listen, it come a time that we have to grow up and know that a uh, ceramic item that I just made myself, I carved something out of some wood, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm bowing down worshiping it and stuff. Come on, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. Wouldn't the thing that you carved out, the mold that you made, that the wax, thing, image, and all of that kind of stuff, it, because you made it, shouldn't it be worshiping you? Listen, Egypt got caught up into that mess. The Bible tell us, because the Egyptians were not ignorant. They were not ignorant about the uh, the God of Israel and his ability. Your enemy is not ignorant about your relationship with God. Job 1, 8, 9 says, then the Lord said, uh, said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? See there, there's recognition there God God recognizes and God want to recognize you too. Uh, there is none like uh, uh, none, no one on earth like him. He's blameless, upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Uh, does Job fear God for nothing? That was Satan's reply. Have ye not put a hedge round about him and his household and everything he has have uh, you have blessed the works of his hands so that his flock and his herbs are spread uh, throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will curse you to your face. See, the enemy knows you are stand with God. He knows if you shuck it and jive and he know if you for real and he know if you not for real, you can confess with your mouth all you want. If you don't have a life that, that backs up what you're saying, uh, even the enemy knows that. Their history was uh, shown the interaction, plagues, and end results surrounding God's people as well. God protected and delivered them, but he gave Israel instructions. God gave Israel instructions. Now, many people, and I, I, I laugh at this, but it's not funny. But understand, understand, uh, because you're trying to tell people and get them to understand it, that you have to eat the whole roll. You can't just take part of God's word and, and apply it to your life. Now There's a universal law that's in effect that, that plainly blesses those, whether you're righteous or unrighteous. The Bible said the sun shines upon those that are good and bad. The rain comes for those that are good and bad. There are blessings for everybody. But that's not salvation. Now, many people love Deuteronomy. The twenty eighth chapter, verses one and thirteen. You know, I'm not going to read all of this, but uh, but uh, this verse here says uh, the fourteenth verse says, um, "Thou shalt not go aside from the words that I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, go after other gods to serve them, but shall but uh, shall." Uh, Come to pass if thou would not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that these curses shall come upon thee. Now, I hear people, and I've walked past people's desks as I've I've walked through the offices, I've seen in people's homes and people talking about the post Deuteronomy 1 to 13, but they don't say anything about verse 14 and 15 that says, In order to achieve and receive, Uh, the blessings from verses 1 through 13, you have to follow verses 14 and 15. You have to, or you're not going to get the fullness. You're not going to get the full effect of what God is saying. You might get a portion and it's going to be a small portion, but you're not going to get the full effect of what God is saying. Uh, Saints, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know something here. Now, listen, the 27th verse says that, if the children of Israel didn't follow what God was saying, that he was going to allow the, the M uh, They didn't have no preparation H, but he was going to allow them to be afflicted. And that were not observed to do all the words of the law that are written in this book. Thou mayest fear the glorious and fearful name of the Lord, thy God. And that's what Israel would not do. Many of Israel's, um, uh, many of the Israelites embrace the ways of Pharaoh's house instead of God's order. How about you? Are you embracing uh, society, the you know, and, and all that's going on? Are you embracing what God has said? Are you embracing the ways of the world, the mainstream society placing people, opinion, activities, and ideals above God? That's part of the mainstream. It is re- Uh, regarded as the most typical, normal, and conventional because they belong to the same group or system. But listen, that's not God's system. What is God saying? The Bible tells us in 1 Peter, 1 Peter, about the second chapter, it says, wherefore lay aside all malice and all guile, hypocrisy and envies and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. God's interested in giving you what you can handle and then and for you to grow, and as you grow, you get more. If so, ye have tasted the goodness the, 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 that the Lord is gracious, to whom? To, to whom coming as unto a lively stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also are lively stones, you, you that are listening, you that are obedient to the word of God, you that are sanctified, uh, are are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Each one of you, Uh, God is saying that you are part of the ministry and you need to understand that you are part of the ministry That you don't function in the same capacity as everyone, but you're still part of the ministry to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ through the forgiveness and our interest way unto the Lord. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He that believeth on him shall never be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them, which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner. No matter what, God's surviving through it all. He's the head of the church and a stumbling, a stone of stumbling, and rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they are appointed what they are appointed to the word. So when you find people tripping and, you know, and, and all bent out of shape, uh, when it come down to the word of God, you know why? They're stumbling. A rock of offenses against them, and so they can't help it because God appointed them to follow the word, and, and they're not trying to do it. They're trying to go against it, and so therefore it is a problem with them. The ninth verse, which is where I wanted to go to, but ye, a chosen generation, you're a chosen generation. I want you to know tonight. That God's people is a chosen generation. You can say that to yourself. You committed, you dedicated unto the Lord. You can say that you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Here's what I want a peculiar people, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of Him who have called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. A peculiar people. Let me tell you a little bit of something about peculiar people. Strange. Not strange in a bad way, but listen, I'm saying that the fact that you can walk past someone, Peter walked past people, and at his shadow, uh, people were healed. Don't you know? Have you ever, have you ever walked past somebody and felt something weird about them? And that, that was in the natural. You wasn't trying to be spiritual. You just happened to walk by them. And it was just something ain't right. The atmosphere is not right. Something ain't right. When I walk past that person, I remember being at the beach and there was a man who kept walking in circles and a buddy of mine. This is way back in the day. A buddy of mine said, man, walk, walk past him. And when you walk, past, there was something really weird in that circle that he had been walking around in for hours. It was weird. Spirits are catching. Spirits are real. The power that exists in our world is real. And so we are peculiar people. And in peculiar people, uh, you can walk past you yourself. The power of God is resting on you. The power of God rests within you. God said to go out. Now he told Peter and he said, let people know about this life. We don't let we don't talk about this life enough. And so it become minimized in our mind. But you need to understand that when the Lord told them to talk about this life, that this life is endured with power. That's why when Stephen, when Deacon Stephen was being stoned, they saw his face as an angel before uh, he before he left his body. When uh, Philip, Deacon Philip had baptized the eunuch, he was caught up. Uh, when the man who was asking for money at the gate of the temple, he said, silver and gold have a nine, but look at me and took the man by the hand, And the man jumped up and started leaping and and rejoicing because uh, he was over 40 years old, had been in that situation for quite some time. But now his ankles is is instantly, miraculously healed. You don't know when you shake somebody's hand what God may do for them. And in doing that for them, you don't know what that is going to do for you. You don't know what door is open by you just being in the presence of an individual. Because you've been because you're 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 sanctified you don't know you may walk into someone that is having a hellish day the day is just filled with everything that they dislike and all of a sudden they meet you and it changes you don't know because they may not know how to identify or say anything they may not tell you till later when they see you again Or they may not say nothing at all. But all but all of a sudden, the way you're treated is different because there's something about you. You know, that's what they say. There's something about that. They they can't put their finger on it. But as long as you keep living that life, thank you, Jesus, as long as you keep lining up with the word of God, one step at a time, day by day, nothing different, just one step at a time. We're, we're no longer the people that we were in the past, but we're now the people of God, which had not, which which we've obtained mercy. We didn't have any mercy, but we've obtained mercy. And so, therefore, he said, "I dearly beloved, I beseech you, as pilgrims and strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the things that war against." your soul. There are some things that war against our souls that we have to stay away from. We have to stay away from it. Bless your Lord Jesus. We have to stay away from it. We have to stay away from those things. Be, don't let nobody, you know, it take too long. It took too long to get where you are. And you may not think very much about where you are, but you need to understand you are someplace. You're, you're not where you were yesterday or years ago. You're at, you're in a good place right now. It doesn't mean that, you, that you're like me. You don't have to be like me. You have to be what God wants you to be. And where you are right now at this very moment, at this moment, you're in a good place. You're in an excellent place. You're right here. You're listening. You're, you're, turn, you're tuning into this right now. Some will tune into it later. And when they tune in later, they're going to be in a good place because they're going to be in the designation in which God had appointed them to be at this moment. Bless you, Jesus. This moment, this moment, we're peculiar people. And so when the enemy, that old dragon, one day he's going to be bound, as the Lord said, I'm going to cast him into the wilderness and, and he's going to dry up and he's going to be food for uh, for the beast and for uh, the fowls of the air. Well, the, that same spear that, that used uh, uh, the king Pharaoh of Egypt is going to be bound one day by a mighty angel. And we're going to be in the presence of God while it's going on. We're not going to be standing around watching that. No, we're going to be in the presence of God. But between then, between now and then, where we are right now is the best place to be. And that is in the word of God and following the obedience of whatever God is leading us to do. Bless you, Jesus. Will us go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, Lord God, for your goodness, your word today, Lord God. And just thank you for all that you're saying, what you've given us. And Lord God, we pray and ask that you would help us to stay focused as we journey through this land, Lord God. We know that we're strangers, that we're pilgrims. Bless us not to follow the footsteps of, of the Israelites, Lord God, where they offended you and found themselves in difficult situations. we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I pray and I hope that something was said this evening that that strengthens you, that gives you encouragement, you know, hold on, don't, uh, look, God's with you, be strong and have a good courage, you know, and and you went, again, we're at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, and I pray to see you soon, see you here, or to see you there, listen, if you're not in the Southern California area, you know, find your church of truth and power that believes the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Dedicate your life unto the Lord. Live, saved. Amen. Because again, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Thank God for those that, that was with us on Sunday uh, as we finished up a service that, was, that we were in. And those that were baptized and, and tearing for the Holy Ghost, certainly God will keep his word. We just need to stay in our place. And God will, he certainly will bring it all to pass. God will work it out. Amen. And so I, I'm excited. I'm excited. You just, I'm excited about the Lord this evening. and But, you know, we're going to let you go. And I, I pray that you have a good evening, a good day, a good midday, whatever, uh, wherever you are. God bless you.